Good morning. This Sunday's text is entitled, God's Restored People Shall Prosper, and it is based on Isaiah, the 49th chapter, verses 18 through 23. But before we begin our study, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the amazing Sunday School ministry. I pray that you will guide our minds and our hearts for the next few minutes. As we open your word, let the Holy Spirit guide us to discover who you are. We adore you, Lord. We worship you, and we ask that you give us these things in your Son's loving name. Amen. Our aim for change. By the end of this lesson, we will identify relationships in which individuals or congregations have experienced God's restoration. Find comfort in the plans God has for their lives and proclaim God's justice and mercy for his people. One year ago today, the U.S. celebrated Juneteenth as a national holiday for the first time. Back on June 19, 1865, Union soldiers arrived in Galveston Bay, Texas, where they read the Emancipation Proclamation and declared that all enslaved persons were free. Although the good news of freedom did not reach Texas until that June day in 1865, President Lincoln had signed the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1st, 1863, a full two and a half years earlier. The enslaved people lived on the brutality of slavery until that momentous day when they heard the news of their deliverance. As in our lesson today, God's people are promised freedom from their earthly captivity and a permanent freedom through Jesus Christ from the captivity of sin. The previous lesson ended with Isaiah the 49th chapter verse 13, where the mood changed from exuberance to a lamentation. The children of Israel were in captivity in Babylon because of their sin. In captivity, Zion, or the city of Jerusalem, complained, The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Jerusalem had been overrun by the enemy, its walls knocked down, its temples destroyed, and its leading citizens exiled. The people of Jerusalem believed that God had forgotten and deserted them. God's reaction to the attitude was to set them straight in their thinking. First, he reminded them that he had not forgotten them using the metaphor of a mother forgetting her nursing child. The Lord's affection or love for his people is greater than the devotion a woman has for her nursing child. To assure them of his deep love for them, he gave them a picture of his commitment. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. God will not and cannot forget about us. We are always on his mind. Isaiah chapter 49, verses 18 through 20. Lift up your eyes and look around. All your children gather and come to you. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, you will wear them all as ornaments. You will put them on like a bride. Though you were ruined and made desolate and your land laid waste, now you will be too small for your people, and those who devour you will be far away. The children born during your bereavement will yet say in your hearing, This place is too small for us. Give us more space to live in. 
What's important in these verses? In earlier verses, God promised his servant would deliver Israel, but the people of God did not believe the promise of God. In today's text, the people were unable to see past their current circumstances. They claimed the Lord had forsaken and forgotten them. God wanted them to take their eyes off their surroundings and circumstances, which were bleak, but to look up to him instead. We can't expect whatever God promises to come to pass. Until we take our eyes off ourselves and what's going on around us, we will never see the promises of God. The Lord made many promises to Abraham. In Genesis 15:5, God promises Abraham that his seed would be as plenteous as the stars in heaven. Knowing their concerns and fears, God specifically addresses each one of them. The desolation of the land, the loss of their children, and their oppressors. To be restored is to be brought back to the right place and in the right condition. Think of a classic car someone is trying to fix up so it's like new again. It's become restored. While in captivity, the land of Judah, and especially Jerusalem, was left desolate, empty, and in ruins by the Babylonians. But it would be restored. The God who created the world has the power to make all things new. God promised the ruins and devastated places would be overcrowded with returning families. The city would seem too small to hold them. Just as God promised to restore the land and what was lost, that Babylonian tormentors would no longer be a threat. The Lord can replace whatever our enemies take from us and also remove them from our presence. There are several places in the Bible where God assured his people restoration. Remember the story of Job and God's ability to abundantly restore all he lost. In Jeremiah 30, 17, God declares that he will restore health and heal our wounds. Each one of us has wounds that need healing. We've all suffered some type of injury, whether it's physical, spiritually, or mentally. We all have hurts, habits, and hangups within our lives that need restoration and healing. Ask God to repair what is broken in our nation. Ask God to rebuild what is broken in your family. Ask God to heal what is still broken in you. Isaiah chapter 49, verses 21 through 23. Then you will say in your heart, Who bore me these? I was bereaved and barren. I was exiled and rejected. Who brought these up? I was left all alone. But these, where have they come from? This is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I will beckon to the nations. I will lift up my banner to the peoples. They will bring your sons in their arms and carry your daughters on their hips. Kings will be your foster fathers and their queens your nursing mothers. They will bow down before you with their faces to the ground. They will lick the dust at your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. What's important in these verses? 150 years after this prophecy, Babylon, the mighty empire who had taken Zion captive, was destroyed by Cyrus the Persian. God can turn our enemies into our friends. God will enlist other people to help free the captives. When the first group of exiles migrated back to Jerusalem, Cyrus the Persian king 
gave back sacred relics taken by the Babylonians from the temple. Then King Darius ordered the local governor to pay for some of the cost of rebuilding the temple, and Artaxerxes provided Nehemiah with protections and letters guaranteeing financial support for rebuilding. And when they returned, God also promised that they would prosper, for kings and queens would bow before them. In Isaiah 49:23, God foretells that all will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. Knowing starts with accepting the facts, but requires much more. Then, as now, knowing the Lord requires obeying him. When we put our hope in him, we will never be disappointed. These are words for us today. We look at the world around us, the wars, the violence, the pandemic, the immorality, and we throw up our hands in despair. But our God is sovereign, and our God keeps his covenant and will fulfill the last word in every one of his promises. He is a promise keeper. This week's lesson revealed that although the Babylonian captivity had not yet taken place, God had already provided for Israel's deliverance. God restored Israel, and he will also restore us. He will give us freedom when we're enslaved by our own choices and disobedience. Jesus is waiting to restore us so that we can have a relationship with God. Let us pray. Eternal God, you have promised to pour out your blessing on those who are obedient to your will. Remind us of this promise when things look chaotic, impossible, and insurmountable. Give us faith enough to trust that you do have a plan for our lives and that in your own time and in your own way, your will shall be done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.